Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be in our Father's house? Amen. Amen. Uh, if there's anyone here and you do not have a, your own Bible and you would like the church to give you one, just put up your hands and the ushers are there, they will bring you a Bible. If you do not have your own Bible and you would like to have one, don't be shy. This is God's word. Anybody? So everybody has got your... There's someone here, but my brother. If you have not put up your hand, it means you have your own Bible. And as we read the scripture, you should be searching your scriptures. Amen? Amen? Praise God. One over there, brother. Uh, during the service, in the next 10 minutes, parents, I would like you to keep your children ready. I will be calling the Friday school children to come and sing a song. Always we had the choir. Okay? They are going to retire. It's time to have the Friday school children. So, soon as I say that, you will send your children over the ones on my left and on the right. Don't allow them to come through this gap, maybe because of uh, any HSC things can happen. <laughs> that is number one. So, in the next 10 minutes, I will call you. You can call children who want to sing for Jesus. The stage is open for you. And our children, now don't, don't say that you're a child, 55 years old, walk here, okay? <laughs> this is between 3 and 17. If you're between 3 and 17 and you want to sing for Jesus, the ng for c will help you out and they will bring you forward. That's number one. Uh, the Bibles are done. Can we close our eyes and wait upon God and ask God, Father, speak to me today. If you ask faithfully, Lord, you speak to me today, God will speak to you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Abba, I have prepared everything that I know. But Lord, I ask you, I lay it at the altar right now. I ask you to anoint what I have prepared. Holy Spirit, if there's anything that is not of you, take it away. And if what is from you, let them receive it. And let power reign in their lives, Lord God. Let it bring forth fruit in their life, Father. And Father, we pray that that fruit will bring forth not just 30 and 60, but a hundredfold. I pray there will be no disturbance. The enemy will not snatch any word from your children, Father. Let them receive it clearly, Lord God. Open their eyes, open our hearts, open our ears. And Lord, give us the grace to be attentive to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've titled today's message as God qualifies the called. God qualifies the called. You can go to my slide, my brother. No need of this one. Take the slide itself. That's what the message, the title of today's message, God qualifies the called. And let us turn our Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 3. We'll be reading from verses 1 to 17, but I will stop at 15. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. God qualifies the call. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to a far side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flashes of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. 
So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Evites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that I, it is I who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt to worship God on this mountain, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you would have said to the Israelites. I am sent me to you. God said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Glory be to his name. Amen. God often speaks to us. However, the question we need to answer is, are we listening? That's the question we have to ask. God is continuously speaking to us. And if you notice from this pulpit, I can remember from the day I got saved, I know God has been speaking to me. From the day I got saved. But before that, even though he was speaking, I was not listening. But after getting saved, I know he has been speaking to me. A child of God once whispered, God, I'd like to hear your voice. And a bird sang. The child did not hear. The child said a little louder, God, speak to me. The thunder rolled in the skies, but the child did not listen. The child looked around and said, God, let me see you. And the st stars shone brightly in the sky, but the child did not notice it. The child shouted, God, show me a miracle. And then a little babies were born, and the child did not know and did not notice that God was doing a mighty miracle in, in the presence. Then the child cried out in despair, God, please touch me. And God 
stretched out his hand and touched that little child, but the child brushed away the butterfly from her shoulder. Finally, the children of God came to church and said, God, can you speak to me now at least? I have not heard your voice. I have not seen you. I have not felt you. I didn't see anything. And then, as God was talking in the church, the child slowly fell asleep. The child now played slowly with their phones. The child started thinking, what will I cook for lunch? Is everything ready at home for the visitors who are coming? Oh, I forgot to make the salad. I have to go and get that done. Oh, the bread is not bought. I have to send my husband to pick up the bread. And slowly the child started thinking about it. And then the child started wondering, oh, tomorrow I have a board meeting. I have not prepared anything for the board meeting. And then the child brushed away and said, he has still not spoken to me. God is continuously talking to us. God is speaking every day, every moment he's speaking to us. The sad part is we not are able to hear his voice. And sometimes we, even though we know his voice, we don't want to listen. We do not want to listen to him because he always says things which we do not want to hear. If God spoke to Moses, then at that time, I'm sure God is speaking to us even today. Amen? Maybe not in the same way that he spoke to Moses, but he is God, his way of speaking to you and me. Amen? The book of Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The book of Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Look at it. It's so beautiful. It says in NLT, I'm reading from NLT, long ago. That means in the past, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. God, and long ago, he was talking to us through the prophets. But now, in the final days, and the final days, we are in the final days. It says, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he has made the universe and everything. God is still talking. Amen? I believe that God still speaks to us today. And those of you who are going through the mind of Christ and experiencing God will know that God speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through circumstances. He speaks to us through dreams. And he's still talking to us from messages and in various ways. He has got his own way. When God speaks to us, he knows how to get our attention. He got Moses' attention through the burning bush. He will get your attention when he wants to talk to you. Amen? That's our God. And he's a loving God. He's not doing it just to punish you. He's not doing it because he's angry with you. He's doing it because he loves you more than your earthly father and mother could love you. Amen. That's God's word. Today's message, God qualifies the call. I was struggling as what name to give this, what title to give this today's message. I searched, I call it fire on the mountain. Then I thought all of them will become on fire, then let me be careful. So at last I was struggling, then I told Wendy, I said I got so many titles, messages prepared, but I'm still struggling. And then I said, yes, the Lord inspired in our hearts 
God qualifies the called. Amen? And I'm going to show you how he's going to do that. We are going to examine God's word and the call of Moses and see what we can learn from this encounter with God as recorded in this wonderful story. Our story centers on one of the greatest characters of the Bible, and that is Moses. Yes, the next slide. And when Moses was born, Pharaoh had ordered all the male Hebrew children to be killed. Moses' mother hid him in a reed and put him in a river, and where he was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. Moses was raised in Pharaoh's household, and he became a prince in Pharaoh's household. One day, in a rash of a moment, when sometimes when we do not know, when anger overtakes us, that same anger overtook Moses at one time, and he became so angry that he murdered an Egyptian overseer. And because of that one wrong mistake, Moses had to spend 40 years to learn another lesson. Sometimes when we are angry, that's the greatest time, don't speak. Don't raise your hands. Don't do anything when you are angry because you can regret it. This man had to wait 40 years more because God was having a plan for him to be used. And I will explain that later. Moses is now led to flee from the land that God was about to use him to be a deliverer. Now he had to flee from the same place because of one rash moment of anger. Moses married there in that foreign land. He worked as a shepherd, and the story takes place. It's very easy to see God, how he works in Moses' life up to now, and to see God's plan. Actually, God was preparing Moses well in advance to be the deliverer of his people. He was doing that by having him learn the secrets of the inner court at Pharaoh's palace. He had 40 years to learn the politics at Pharaoh's palace. 40 years is quite a long time to learn everything. He had 40 years to learn, number one, the politics, and number two, how to play the game. If you want to play the game, the best place is to join politics. Yes, you can become rich overnight. You can even give me a house when I come to you. Because the politics is the greatest weapon. And this man, I'm sure, in 40 years would have seen all this happening in the court, and he learned everything, but he thought that his wisdom will take him up to lead his, the children of Israel. Sometimes it's not the wisdom that you have that will make you an, an, an overcomer. It is the wisdom of God that gives you to be an overcomer. Amen? His crime of running away in the wilderness and also served a divine purpose. Now, not that murder is part of God's plan. It was not that murder was part of God's plan. But because he murdered, the period of doing what God had called him to do had prolonged. You understand that? Sometimes when God has a plan for you and is preparing you, you go do something, the most foolish thing you do, and then you find it getting prolonged more longer because you acted in your own flesh. And those who are in leadership, not only in the church, but in your offices, just be a little careful how you react in situations. You will never know how that is going to prolong what God has got in store for you at that place. Amen? Now, we understood that God was preparing this young man 
I called him young, okay? Even though he was at his age of 80 when God called him out to go back, for, to prepare him to lead three million people through the desert. And that's what he knew that the power of God was there to guide him. Moses came to the end of the 40 years of his life of being a shepherd, leading his father-in-law's sheep and making sure that he found grassland. He learned to deal with difficult people at this time because it's not easy to deal with shepherds. They are all very arrogant guys, some of them. Some are very mild. The encounter between God and Moses made a change in his course of life. I believe that God has a message for all of us today as we are looking at the life of Moses. Amen? Many of us are stumbling blocks to our own growth. Many of us. It's not that other people are stumbling blocks to you. You are a stumbling block to your own growth. And that's what we've seen in the life of Moses. If Moses had learned to control his temper at that time, God would have made that situation 40 years less for him to drive because of what he did. Sometimes our foolishness, we become stumbling blocks to ourselves. Let us learn the lesson from Moses. Please don't make this mistake by saying, ah, that was Moses. That was 5,000 years ago. Nothing about that. Well, it's very important. It might be true, but God has a plan for you today, for your future today. God wants to raise you up into a leader of leaders, but do not be a stumbling block to what God has got for you. Friday school children, are you ready? Well, thank you, whoever said yes. Okay, uh, let us start the NG4C quickly. Don't waste time. We just have five minutes. Quickly come forward. Quickly come forward. Don't waste time. Romeo, come, my brother. We'll be singing this song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, because we are going to ask God, Lord, open the eyes. Are there no Friday school children here? Don't feel shy. Oh, come here, baby. Come. I love you. Come. Any other Friday school children? Quickly come. Come here. Praise God. Come on. Come quickly, 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 quickly. Oh, praise God. Let us hold hands. Come, hold her hand. Hold her hand, hold her hand. Praise God. NG4C is also here. Come, hold someone's hand. Come on. Stand in front of me. Put up that song, open the eyes of my heart, please. Come, 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 come. If you want to sing for Jesus, come quickly. It's going to be beautiful in heaven when we go there. The eyes of my heart, Lord, sing. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love 
prophets here, there are mighty evangelists here, the future pastors are here, this is the church that you are going to see when you grow old, that they are going to enter into the world to preach the gospel, God is raising up a mighty army here, stretch forth your hands and bless them and say, God, let them be a part of your mighty army, Lord God, raise up another Moses in this place. Another Joshua to be risen up to this place, Lord God. Another Elijah to come forth from this place, Lord God. And these children, Father, we surrender them into your hands. Lord, have your way in their lives, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Give them a big hand, church. Thank you. And you for see, you can help them out. You can go to your mama now. Come. Okay, okay. Thank you, Jesus. Come this way. You could be seated, choir, uh, congregation, God bless you. These children will never forget this as long as they live. These children will never forget this as long as they live. My first point this afternoon is, we are going to get serious now. I brought you a, I brought you a staff. Now the Lord has asked me to bring a rod. And are you ready? The first lesson is that in our ordinary, first point, in our ordinary lives, there are extraordinary moments when God is trying to communicate with us. In the ordinary lives, there are extraordinary moments when God wants to reach out to us. We read that Moses was tending the flock on the far side of the desert. That's what the Bible says, on the far side of the desert. 
and the angel appeared to him. That's from verse 1 and 2. What happened to Moses happened to him in an ordinary day, probably a day that just started like the 14,000 days that have just passed by. That's for 40 years. Imagine 14,000 days doing the same thing. I want you to just think for one second. What if you were doing your job for 40 years in this land, doing the same thing every day? Just think of it. Either in your secular job, or maybe you are a leader, a cell leader, and for 40 years, for some reason, the council has not done anything, and they have kept you, and you're doing the same job over and again. What will be your mindset? Can you imagine this? What we will do, Pastor, please pray. I need a promotion. That manager has to go. Can we pray him out? You call your wife. You may not tell the pastor. You'll tell your wife. Let us pray him out. Maybe if your wife is a godly woman, you'll not tell your wife. You yourself will start praying him out. Day in and day out, this man was faithful. So the first thing is you must understand, Moses was faithful for 40 years. Towards who? Towards his God. The first thing. Number two... He was a caring shepherd. Whatever be your ministry, all of you who are in ministry, learn to be a caring shepherd. And that's what Moses was a caring shepherd for 40 years. He was a faithful husband. He was a faithful father. And above all, which we do not like, he was a faithful father, son-in-law. He was a very faithful son-in-law. So we see in the far side of the desert, even though this man has gone so far away, 40 years faithfully serving God and serving man. We say, I will serve God, but I will not serve man. I am more qualified than him. I know better than him. What does he know? He does not know anything. I have to supersede him. We will come with all these stories. But this man never opened his mouth. He was faithful. When God called out his name, suddenly one day, in a regular day, in an ordinary day, he went to this far side and he heard his name called out, Moses, Moses. And all of a sudden, the most astounding thing that we see, Moses answers, here I am. What made Moses say that? Have you ever thought of it? His name called out in the wilderness, nobody there. It's not a sheep's voice. The Bible says he was far away from everybody, from civilization in the far side of Mount Oreb. And he hears this voice, and the moment he hears his voice, he says, here I am. I want you to go home and study and wonder, what made Moses say this? I'll show you three other people that when God called out their names... God called out their names. They answered, here I am. The first person is taken from Genesis 22, verses 11, when God called Abraham. Abraham was about to sacrifice his son. And God says, Abraham, Abraham. And his answer was, here I am. Here I am. Again, God called out another child. And this was Jacob. And in Genesis 46, verse 2, we find when God called out Jacob, Jacob, when Jacob was afraid to go to Egypt. I do not know what you are afraid to do. You have some fear to launch out to something. Here was God calling out this man. After a long time, this, he was pondering. And he, God says, Jacob, Jacob. And Jacob answered, 
here I am. What made Jacob in the middle part of the night to say, here I am? And again, we find God bypasses and he comes now to a young boy. That boy is doing his job in the temple and God calls out the small child, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel says, here I am. So beautiful, every time that God called a child's name, the child answered, here I am. I want to ask you a question. If God was to call your name in the middle part of the night, or while you're driving your car, or whatever you're doing in your normal thing, what would you answer if God was to call out your name? What would you answer? Have you ever thought of it? We'll do something different. Is it okay you love me? Only one yes. All don't love me. You know when I come out of the pulpit, I'm out of something. So you say this guy is up to some trick. Okay. We're going to do a small exercise. Will you be obedient? Only that. That side is a heavy side. This is a dangerous side. I always notice this. Sometimes the ship, we are going like this. The ship is tinkling that says, so I'll stand there. Pastor, forgive me. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. You will not open your eyes till I tell you to open it. Is it okay? Yes. Close your eyes, all of you. No eyes to look at me because I will see you. If you're watching, I will catch you out of church or I'll call out your name. Close your eyes for one minute. Till I tell you to open your eyes, you will not open it. No, I want you to think as you're having your eyes closed of what you are doing at your workplace. No matter what you are, if you are a student, think that you are going to school. If you are a teacher, think what you're doing at your workplace going to, and teaching children. If you're a nurse, think about how you're visiting the patients. If you're a housewife, what you're commonly doing. I want you to close your eyes and think about it. If you're a banker, what would you be? If you're an engineer, what would you do? If you're a pastor, what would you do? I want you to think about your daily routine. And now when I say three, two, one, and go, keep your eyes closed. I want you to call out your own name where you can hear it yourself two times. Twice, you will call out your whole name loud enough for you to hear. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Claudie, Claudie, don't open your eyes now. You have heard your name called out. I want you to turn it into a prayer and say, God, speak to me today. Speak to me, Father. Help me to hear your voice. For a long time, I've not heard your voice. I struggle to hear your voice every time I struggle, Daddy. Every other voice I'm able to hear, every other thing is so much in my heart. But I struggle to hear your voice. Can you speak to me today? You spoke to all your children and they answered you, here I am. And before you can open your eyes, I want you to say, here I am, Lord. One, two, go. May it be a portion in Jesus' name. Open your eyes. I want you to do a words, do a study, whether, whether it's your, your home cell, family study. Go through the scriptures and see each time when God called his children, what were their response. You will get strange responses. Do it as a study. When God called each of his children, what were their response? So do that as a study. Now, in our world, there is so much of distraction that we are having. 
and we are caught up with so much of routines in our, in our life. God is trying to reach out and to get our attention, but he, God himself is struggling to get our attention sometimes. I'll give you a few examples. Pay attention to see how you have gone through this and if God has ministered to you. Number one, a disturbance at your daily routine. Suddenly there's a disturbance. It means he's trying to get your attention. Number two, maybe an accident somewhere. He's trying to get your attention. Maybe an illness. Suddenly somebody's sick. Maybe an un unwelcome change in circumstances such as you just lost your job. There is something like that. Or a breakdown in a relationship. You had a beautiful relationship and suddenly you have to end that relationship. Maybe your car is not starting that morning. You go and your car doesn't start. Maybe sometimes you just open a magazine to read and you find something there when you pick it up. God is often trying to get our attention by something he does during our ordinary routine, something extraordinary takes place. People call this as coincidence. Maybe that's what they call, but it is not coincidence, my brothers and sisters. God is planning to touch us and to get our attention. He wants to touch us on our shoulder. Don't brush it away. When you hear that, when you see that butterfly come up on your shoulder, you know that God is ministering to you. Of course, God can get our attention in a very less dramatic way. We don't need this extraordinary. Maybe in a normal way is when you read the Bible, yes, he speaks to you. When you're listening to music, when you're listening to a message, God is speaking. So there is God arranged, God ordained plans for us in this world. And throughout our ordinary lives as we are moving, God wants or he does something extraordinary in our ordinary lives to get our attention. So from today onwards, anything that happens out of the ordinary, take a second, go back and sit down and say, what is it that you're trying to tell me that I'm not able to get it? And if you're honest with God, he will answer you in Jesus' name. Because you're honest with God and you're saying, I'm not able to get it. There's something that is... When the man was healed and Jesus asked him, what do you see? He says, I see people like trees. So God, there was a second touch. You can ask God, God, I'm not able to hear this. I'm not able to understand this extraordinary thing. What is it that you're trying to communicate with me? My second lesson. My second point is, a second lesson is that God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the called. If you remember some time ago, I don't know if it was six months or eight months, Pastor Leslie spoke this exact point. God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the called. Nowadays, many people, I'm sorry to say this, and I'm speaking truth. Many people are going to Bible college not because God called them to go to Bible college, no. Because they see what's happening in the church, they say this is a very fast place to make money. They just get a certificate and they take up a job. There was one pastor who said, if I have 10 people, I get 10 people's tithes. That's one salary. Look at the way how people are looking at it. Pitiful. Many people are going to Bible college not because they, God has called them to lead. They just want a certificate to deceive. And it's, it's not wrong. That's what the enemy is doing. 
We pray that we or our children will not fall in this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Some of them will say, my, my father is a pastor, so I have to become a pastor. That's what's happening in the West. You see what's happening in the West? He is a father, is a pastor, the son has to be. The son is a scoundrel, but he becomes a pastor. The son has made someone pregnant, he's a pastor. So the bad things are happening. Let us not be victims to these things in Jesus' name. Let us not make church a place of business. Listen, we can escape everything that man may not catch us, but on that day of judgment, we'll have to put our heads down in shame, and he will say, I do not know you. Why enjoy 70 years of wrong way when you can enjoy eternity with Jesus? Think of it. Now, if you were called to be the pastor of the church tomorrow morning, uh, um, Brother Whippin is being told, Brother Whippin, you're going to be the pastor of the church. What will you say? You, Whippin, I love you. Yes, it's time. I need to be the pastor. This pastor has been here so long. He has to go. What he knows, he does not know. I'm younger. I, I, I've got this. I've got this. And he will try to justify himself. But I want to show you a man when God called him, what was his response? And that should be the response of all of us when God calls us. Not that what he used the word, but I'm talking about humility. When God called Moses, number one, he was a murderer. Look at this. Imagine tomorrow if I go to Pastor Abraham and say, Pastor Abraham and Pastor Leslie, we need to make Brother Whippin the leader. And the pastor will say, he's a murderer, my brother. What do you want to have a murderer in the church? He might even murder his wife tomorrow. You have no wisdom? They can ask me because he is a murderer. And look at this, God is calling a man who was murdered. God is calling a man who ran away from his ministry. God is calling a man who God called and said, I'm going to use him. And yet Moses looked at it. Look at verse 11. Moses said to God, look at that verse. It says, who am I that I should go? If we are called, will we say, Lord, Pastor Abraham, who am I that you're choosing me, Pastor? Pastor Leslie, who am I? I'm nothing. But what we will say, yes, Pastor, I was waiting for you to call me a long time. I've been praying, I've been interceding, and I wondered why you took such a long time to call me. Maybe you don't have the Spirit of God. That's the reason I pray that the Spirit of God will fall upon you so that you can call me. We will say all this to these men of God. But he thought, maybe, I do not know what Moses thought. It's not in the scripture. I'm just giving you an example. Don't quote me. He could have thought, I'm old. Imagine calling an 80, anyone 80 years here? Who's the oldest person in this church? Brother Matthew, I think. <laughs> I love you, Matthew. Brother, praise God, brother. We have the oldest person in the church. Imagine tomorrow we ask him to lead the church. Tomorrow you ask a brother who's 68 years old, brother, can you lead the church? Pastor, I'm sorry, pastor, I love you. I'm using his name. Pastor will say, he's too old. What do you want this old man to lead the church? He will go to bed, he will die, he will kill everybody in this church. Why you want this man? You have no sense. It's true, no? 80 years can lead. God, when Moses looked at himself, maybe he thought I'm too old. Maybe he thought I was a murderer. He thought many things. I'm a, I'm a runaway. I'm a stutterer. I do. Everything about me is wrong. Why is God calling me? I want to show you something. Now, don't misunderstand me. 
Moses at later on wrote the commandments of God as who is eligible to come into the ministry and when that person should leave the ministry. Have you ever seen that in the scripture? Turn to the book of Numbers chapter 8, verses 24 to 26, where I'm saying that it is God who qualifies the call, no matter what be your age. If you are in this age limit to serve, you are called. Let us read the scripture. It says in Numbers 28, verses 24 to 26, and this applies to all the Levites who are ministering in the house of God. Men 25 years or old. How many of you are 25 and old? Put up your hands, please. Some of them don't even put up their hands. They don't know the age. If you are a man, put up your hands. Okay, if you're 25 and above. Thank you, pastors. Thank you, brothers. Women, if you're 25 and above, can you put up your hand? All age of eligible to serve God. No matter where. If you're not a bread of life, anywhere. You are eligible to serve God. But I want to show you how God calls people who are even below that age. I'm going to show you something. 25 years or old or more shall come and take part in the work of the tent of meeting. But at the age of what? 50, they must retire from the regular service and work no longer. They may assist their brothers. This is God's word, not mine. I am not preaching this. After 50, they can assist their brothers in performing their duties at the tent of meeting, but they themselves must not do the work. This then is how you are to assist the responsibilities of the Levites. Now, this was given by God to, to Moses. Later on, David comes where God inspired him, and he lowered the standard from 25 to 20. Let us look at uh, 1 Chronicles. 23 in verse 24. 1 Chronicles 23, verse 24. 1 Chronicles 23, verse 24. The Bible says, these were the descendants of, the, of Levi, by their families, all Levites, okay, by the family, the heads of the family, as they were registered under the names and counted individual, that is, the worker 20 years or old or more who served in the temple of God. So if you are about 20, you are a grown person and you are eligible to serve God in the office, in the church, or wherever he calls you. Please don't tell that you are too young. You are not too young. This is the word of God. If not here, anywhere. But if you are prepared, God will use you wherever you are. Amen? Amen. I'll, I'll support what I'm saying. More thing. This tells us very clearly that when somebody comes to serve, we as leaders or men of God or wherever you are, never stop them. If God has called them, let us not be a stumbling block to them. We should not say they are too young. We should not look at the sin of the past because God has forgiven them. We should not say they have no experience because who's their teacher? The Holy Spirit. He is their teacher. We must not say he's too old, he's too young, he's too fat, he's too thin. That is not our ways. That is God for him to judge. God knows who he's calling. I want you to pay close attention. God bypassed a leading priest when the priest never put his house in order. He bypassed that leading priest 
and appointed a young child to rule his people and to govern his people and to give the word of God to his people. We know that it's true. All of you who are in leadership, if you do not take your job sincerely, serving God, not playing games in leadership, God can bypass you anytime and he can take a new person who comes in, into your ministry and he can put you there. God can cause anything for you to be removed. Don't think too highly of yourself when you are in leadership and do not do anything that is wrong in leadership. We've seen that God did this. An older man was taken away. God is no respecter of person, no respecter of age, no respecter of sex. When there is no men available, now, this is for when there is no men available to, to respond to God's call, he even called women to serve him. And I'm going to show you one more later on. Is this the way you feel? I am too young. I cannot do it. This is not for me. I don't have the qualification. I don't have the education. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. That's not supposed to be your answer. I always say, God is not, is not looking for our abilities, but he's looking if we are available. If you can say, God, I am available for you, he will qualify you in Jesus' name. I'll give you a few examples of women that God used. And these are household names that all of us use when we talk about women. The most common names, yes, brother. We find Mary, Sarah, Miriam, Esther, Ruth, Naomi, Deborah, and Mary Magdalene. These are common names which we say that God used these women in the right time to get his purpose accomplished. When God wants to do something, God will use anything of what he has created. You and I cannot put a stop. He can take anybody. And when men were not ready to take up the call, the women were called to serve him. But these are the women. I'm going to show you there are some more women who just came for one verse. And I was very, I was so glad I was, read, I was reading the last few weeks' scriptures that God was showing me women just in one name, one line that these women God used in the Bible. Go and see how many. There are thousands of names of God using people. Why did God take the time to enter that into, the, into his word? He wants to show generations that where you, can, you cannot say, I am not qualified. If you are available, you are qualified to serve your, our God. Amen? Now, I want to see, I want to show you some more. Next, my brother. We're going to see a few more names where we see Sephora and Pura. Then we see Tama in Genesis 38, Rahab in Joshua 2. We see Jeshoshiba in 2 Kings, Ulda, Lydia, Priscilla, Phoebe, and other women who witnessed the resurrection of Christ. Here are all these women God used for a period. All women, I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you. You're not there just to cook food. Yes, that is one part of you. Don't go and stop cooking food for your husbands. Okay, please don't quote me wrong. That is not your only job. Your job is to see where God is calling you to be used in his kingdom. Amen? Amen? That is your call. You have a calling. Ask God to show you. Now, 
In Matthew 28, it includes where the other Mary. In Luke chapter 24, we see Johanna and we see the mother of James. So we see other women God used everywhere. Who was the first person to spread the gospel that Jesus was alive? A woman. Where were the men? Hiding. That happens many times. Have you noticed in the homes who pushes to pray? This fellow will be on his iPad, on his thing. That woman will be nudging him, pray, pray. Come to church. I'm going to tell you something. One wife told me, my husband takes the phone into the toilet and he's listening to music. It's true. We all do that. And the wife has to push. We have to go to church. We have to go to church. We have to go to church. And this man, how great is our God in toilet. Everywhere we see women pushing men because for some reason we need a push. And then we say, I want leadership in the church. Who's the, who's the person behind it? Wendy, I love you. <laughs> she pushes me a lot. Don't think that I am Mr. Perfect here. That woman stands with me, prays with me, even cries with me, walks with me. And I thank God and I'm sure all men got wonderful wives here. Have you blessed your wife today? Take time and say, God, I bless my wife. You have given the best to me. Amen? Amen. That's about Now, I want to show you something. Now, the biggest weapon that Satan uses within the body of Christ is tradition. My grandfather did this. This is what we are doing. Tradition is the greatest weapon that Satan uses against church. We don't open room for the Holy Spirit to move, and we close the door with traditions. I want to show you something else. Next slide, my brother. I want to show you where, number one, God used man. God used, when man was not available, he used women. And now I'm going to show you how he has used even children. Look at it. One guy was even called to serve God while he was in his mother's womb. See, you know something? When I was studying this, I got astonished. Jesus in his flesh was not, was not with the Holy Spirit until the day at 30 where he was baptized. John, while he was in his mother's womb, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus lived perfectly as a man following the law. And you see this one. Look at Samuel, what age? Three. Look at uh, jo uh, Joash, seven. Josiah. We see eight, David anointed at 15, Joseph 17. Look at these ages where God was calling them. Why? Because somewhere down the line, their, their seniors are failing to serve God, that God raises up these people. Do you know the, about uh, John? Do you know that there was almost uh, 400 years that God didn't speak to man? Do you know that? There was a 400 years gap between Malachi and Matthew. And then we find this young child born, and it says he was filled with the Spirit of God. God now came one more time to minister to his children, and that was John. So if you are in this age group, do not despise yourself. God has a plan for you. He took down mighty kings and put children. He took down great priests and he put children. The child that you have with you, parents, I will rebuke you if you ever curse your child. 
May God deal with you severely if you ever curse your child. That child is God's child, not yours. You are a steward to that child. You have no right to rebuke your children in a wrong way or curse them, I meant. You can rebuke them, but don't curse them. That's what I meant. That child is a child of God, and in his age and in his right time, God will raise up that child to serve him. Amen? Amen. You don't want your children to serve God. God will raise up that child one day. So never curse that child of yours. Even if that child is doing wrong, you must understand there's a power of darkness that, that pushes that child to do wrong. Instead of abusing your child, rebuke Satan. He's the one who's having control over that little child. The truth is, the truth is God never wastes anything that he's created. Pay attention to this. God never wastes anything that he, that he has created. Whether it's a butterfly, the stars, the sound of a bird, anything, even you and me, God has got a plan for all of us in Jesus' name. God knows what you are going through. Maybe you want to serve God, you're struggling. Maybe you are hurt. There's some hurt that you're having. Maybe you're, there's confusion as to what God has in store for you. Maybe you're struggling with some type of sin and you think I'm not eligible because there is a sin continuously in me. Maybe there's some guilt in your life. I want you to come to the cross and say, God, these are the things that I have. Help me to overcome my third, ah. sorry. Please do not allow Satan to deceive you with a lie. I'm going to tell you something important. Many will say, and are in church also today, I will serve God when I retire. I will serve God when I retire. Now what you are doing? Now I'm very busy taking care of everything in my family. I'm very busy making money and all those things. Do you know what? If you are not serving God now, you will never serve him when you're 60. I'm not putting a curse. If you are to serve God, you will serve him now. Because at the age of 60, do you know what will happen? You will be a cranky person. You will be a moody person. You will be a person who will bark every time. In my language, we say, always barking, 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 barking. How many husbands are doing that at home now? Wife will feel always, man is barking, barking. My wife told me that a few days ago. But not barking, eh? sorry, not barking. She said, nochu, 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 nochu. <laughs> Every time you're going nochu, 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 nochu. So we both call pet names for each. <laughs> See, at the age of 60, you'll become cranky. You'll become very moody. If you're not serving him now, you will never serve him after retirement. Please, if you're serving him now, you will continue it after retirement. Amen? He will continue after retirement. God, because you are here, he will take you to a different level. Don't say, I will go do Bible study. I will, I will have cell in my house. I will do this, I will do that. You will never do, because you're not doing anything here. You are sleeping in church. Any meeting, you're not there. Come and see the intercession. And then you say, I'm going to serve God when I'm 60. Next time, I'll tell Pastor Abraham and Pastor Leslie, give one stick to all those who are not serving God when you're going. Good, you know, farewell party, one stick. Take and go. Because the dogs will come and bark by yours, you can drive them away. The third lesson, 
I have five minutes. The third lesson is, is that where God guides, he will provide. Wherever God guides you, he will provide. I want to conclude this afternoon that with a couple of applications that you could have in what I have said today. The first application is we must be aware. We must be aware. You have to keep your eyes opened all the time as to what's happening around you, number one. Do you know sometimes children pick up more faster than us? We as adults, if we cannot see, if we cannot taste, if we cannot feel, then we do not believe it. But children believe it. Remember, the little children, God will sometimes bypass us to go to them. My second point is, we must be available. You must be aware of what God is doing around you, and you must be available for him. Amen? What I mean is, we must be willing, pay attention, you must be willing to pay attention to the things that are happening right around you. Imagine, in that 14,000 days, as, as Moses was in the bush, if Moses, if Moses didn't go to see why that bush was burning, maybe he would have had to wait another 40 years. The curiosity, why this bush is burning. So that's the reason, when, when things are happening around you, look and see why this is happening, what is it he's trying to tell me. We are so consumed, bread of life, we are so consumed with our schedules, our deadlines in running to pick up children, dropping children, taking children, doing all these things. We are failing to see what God is trying to tell us. I want to close. I have three minutes more. Do you know we as leadership, we are going to be on timing. So I want to stick to that. Are you ready to serve God? See, only this side. You see, I proved it to you, no? This side. This side, wide awake. Now, I know all of you will keep stone to beat me when I come out. <laughs> Don't worry. Wendy, be ready. We will run after service. Both our pastors, I'll walk between both the pastors. Sin. Remember, God does not just call us to be pastors. Now, this message is not that all of us should be pastors. All of us are to be missionaries. Not all of us to be evangelists. And not all of us to be teachers. I want you, I, I'm going to give you a very vital thing. It's not that today's message is you have to become a pastor. No, I want to show you something. God sometimes tells us, pay attention to a very important thing. Sometimes he tells us, I want you to be a kind father. That's what I've called you to be. I have created you to be a kind father. Number two, I have created you to be a loving mother. More than you want to serve God, be a loving mother. Maybe that's your calling. Number three, an obedient child. All children, God has called you to be an obedient child to your parents. Next, God wants to all leaders, God is calling you to be an humble and a compassionate leader. Compassion should be, humility should be there. Next, all workers, God is calling you to be a faithful worker. Every worker in the ministry, God is calling you to be a faithful worker. Next, God is calling you to be a kind friend. Just a kind friend. Somebody is there. Instead of, you know, talking nonsense, talk to that person. God might be calling you to be a gentle listener. Are you there listening? How many men, when wives talk, we get so upset because we want them to come to the point and they never come to the point. 
They'll keep on talking, talking, and you'll be praying in the spirit when this person will come to the point. They'll never come to the point. God sometimes calls you to be just a listener. Listen. And last, God is calling you to be an encourager. If there's anything that you want to take, God, give me the grace. I will be an encourager. Wherever I go, I will encourage people. I want to close with this. Don't be stubborn. Don't be arrogant. Don't be lazy. Don't be ignorant. And don't have pride that this is not for you. None of these will ever take us to heaven. But a man who is humble and willing to serve God, who is willing to listen, will say at the end of his life, or when God calls him, here I am. Are we willing to say that? Can we rise on our feet? Church, I want you to think of the title of the message which you have just heard. What's the title? God qualifies the called. Now ask yourself this question. Are you called? Just think about it for a minute. Are you one among those called? If so, what are you doing about it? See, God's heart cry has been the same from the time he created Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. Adam, where are you? That's the word of God. Adam, where are you? And ever since that point, ever since that time, God has been asking the same question, and today he asks the same question to you and to me. Where are you? You are called. I am called. Every one of us here is called. It's for us to respond. Church, talk to God right now and choose to be among one of those who could be called the congregation of the called. Let's not be the congregation of listeners. Let's be the congregation of the called. And if you are called, ask God, what should I do for you? What do you want me to do? Maybe there are times when we have to be patient, but let God move. Be faithful in whatever you do. Be attentive to the voice of God. Don't sleep. It may be instant when God calls you and he gives you a task. It may be a year later. It may be 40 years later. Be attentive to the voice of God. Be attentive to that butterfly touch of God on your shoulder. Don't sleep. Be responsive to the call of God. 
when you feel God's touch, when you hear God's call, let your answer be immediately, here I am. Here I am. What do you want me to do right now, Lord? Here I am. That must be our answer. And church, if the devil tells you anything, let me tell you one thing. We have heard that in the last 40 minutes. Your history simply does not matter. Your obedience to God's call matters. It's only your obedience that matters. Your history does not matter. If history matters, none of us would be here. Church, don't worry about your history. It's God who calls. Talk to God right now. Tell him, yes, Lord, I hear your call. Speak to me, Lord, that I might serve you, that I might be in that congregation of the called, that on that last day, when I stand in your presence, I will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Let it not be. I never knew you out of my sight. Surrender to God. Talk to God, church. Commit yourself to doing what he wants you to do. Chase God. Don't chase the world. Chase God. The world will chase you. Everything that you desire will follow you when you follow God. It's not the other way around. Follow God and every desire of yours shall be fulfilled. That's the word of God. Just surrender to God. Commit yourself to God. Let him qualify you. He's already called you. Let him qualify you. He's put talents into every one of us and he will qualify us. It's time that we surrendered our talents to God, our abilities to God, and not just use them for everything else in the world. Church, be serious. God's call is the greatest call you could ever have. I know a lot of us wait for interview calls. This is God's call. Don't brush it aside. Father, we thank you, Lord, that once again you have reminded us, Lord, that it is you who calls, Lord, and it is for us to answer, Lord, Father. Father, we surrender ourselves into your hands. Father, so very often we have meandered away in our own ways, Lord, Father. We have chased our own stuff, Lord, Father. We have, walked, we have not walked in the ways that you have wanted us to walk in, Lord Father. We have not done the things you have asked us to do, to do, Lord Father. We have not been a friend to somebody, Lord Father. We have not been an encourager to somebody, Lord Father. But Father God, thank you, Lord, for reminding us today that there is a call on our lives, Lord. And that's the call that you have made, Lord. Father God, help us to be responsive, Lord Father. Help us to be true children of yours, Lord Father, hearing your voice, heeding your word, and obeying your commands, Lord Father. 
Father God, I pray, Lord, that every one of us here today, Lord Father, will be qualified by you, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for ministering unto us this day, Lord Father. Thank you for your servant whom you have used, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord Father, for putting it into his mind and his heart, Lord Father, to bring out this word to us this day, Lord Father. Father God, pour out your anointing upon him, Lord Father, that he will bring us further truth from your word, Lord Father. Bless him and his family, Lord Father, and use them mightily in this place, Lord. We surrender them into your hands, Lord Father. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Be with every one of us, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that these words which we have heard shall continue to ring in our mind and our hearts, Lord Father. And we will truly be those who act upon your word, Lord Father. We will not just be listeners, Lord Father, but we will go and do what you have called us to do, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you. Be with us during the rest of the day, the rest of the week, the rest of the month, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.